Thank you. Thank you for making the choice um, every day um, when you come to work to step into mission and not away from it in the good and the bad times. And uh, I recognise that is a, a choice people can make. And I'm so thankful for their willingness to do that. Welcome to Compassion, Courage, Consolation. Voices for St Vincent's during COVID-19. In this podcast, we're talking to people who love St Vincent's, love our staff and love the service we provide in health and aged care. We're doing this to support our compassion for one another and those we serve, to bolster our courage in this extraordinary time and to provide consolation amidst the challenges we're facing. And whilst prepared for St Vincent's, we're sharing this series with anyone who might find it helpful. If you're joining us from outside of our services, consider yourself part of the family. You're very welcome indeed. My name is Dan Fleming. I lead ethics and formation for St Vincent's. And in this episode, we turn our attention to aged care. It's a particular joy to welcome Lincoln Hopper, who's CEO of St Vincent's Care Services. And Lincoln, I'm so conscious of the demands on your time. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to chat and welcome. Oh, thanks, Dan. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Lincoln, I wonder if we could begin with a question of comparisons, and I've been putting this to a lot of guests on the podcast, but aged care in particular has seen some enormous changes over the last couple of months. How are things different in one of our facilities at St Vincent's today when compared with, say, eight weeks ago? Yeah, things really have changed and changed quite quickly, but um, I'd like to say um, on, on the inside, hopefully not a lot, but on the outside, I think um, th things have. There's been a a dramatic change to um, who's allowed to come and go into a facility. Uh, government, um, state and federal put a range of measures in place that we've needed to comply with. So there's, there's really significant restrictions on um, who's allowed to come and visit um, for how long and a set of criteria to go with that. So it means that um, probably the single biggest difference is that um, there's a lot less people coming um, to our facilities. Um, and then on the inside, then we've needed to apply all those social distancing and other rules um, to the work that we do. So um, people won't be gathering quite like they did um, for occasions or even meals. So they're probably the most um, uh, easily seen differences. Um, but as I said, I'd like to think that um, despite that, uh, for a resident, um, not a lot's changed in other ways. Mm. Um, they're just as active as they ever were. Um, the staff are just as upbeat as they ever were and all those things that we've tried to do to compensate, I guess, in that, that changed environment. And Lincoln, just to, as a kind of uh, reflection of that, in the bits of information I've seen from our aged care services, it seems to me that there's been an enormous amount of creativity and generosity from our staff in responding to the pandemic itself, but also to the changes that we've had to implement. How have you seen our people respond and what are your reflections on this from your seat as the CEO? Well, I shouldn't be surprised, should I? Because we talk about innovation um, but being such a, a, an important part of St Vincent's Health Australia. Um, and in care services, that's just a true. But, gee, I've seen um, that sort of sense of or spirit of innovation um, applied in those circumstances. So as I, I mentioned, that um, things have changed, yep. Um, but we've tried to keep them as normal of, as, as you like um, as possible for, from a resident's perspective. Um, so I've seen staff do just amazing things, um, wh whether that be 
uh, finding ways of, of connecting loved ones to our residents um, through technology, um, uh, whether that's through um, e even connecting with outside groups like childcare centres still by letters um, being transferred across the road and back again oh, wow. to keep connections, um, whether that's um, art, whether that's crazy videos that I see staff putting together to sort of um, keep their own uh, motivation up as well as um, involving residents. So I've, you know, but I think I've seen it. Um, and the St Vincent's Connect platform that we've got to has just been great for being able to share some of that um, creativity and um, yeah, the willingness of staff to really try new things. Um, it's just been a great, that's been, I think, the opportunity or the upside to some of the challenges that we've had in the last eight weeks is to seeing this, this rise of creativity amongst staff to, um, to, to make, I, I'd like to think, um, a person's home just as enjoyable as it was despite the challenges. Mm. I must say, as I've been seeing some of those same videos um, jump up on Connect and some of the stories, I, I've almost had a tinge of jealousy because within the... The facilities themselves, it seems to me that there's a great amount of connection and fun and all this going on. And here I am in isolation at home with far <laughs> less connectivity. So it's remarkable what they've been able to do. It's really beautiful. It is. It really is. That it's, um, I wonder if there's some kind of nice irony in that is in, in that the work that continues to go on day to day um, is actually inspiring and motivating us are not being able to be there um, mm. as much as we used to be, and there's some some lovely ways of um, of that at least encouraging me um, as to sort of dip into finding new ways of of meeting these needs that people have. Yeah, yeah. And Lincoln, you've been in the seat for a while now as CEO of Aged Care Services and an integral part of the St Vincent's family. And I know from the conversations we've had how proud you are of the work that happens across our aged care services. Is there a particular story that comes to mind for you from your time at St Vincent's which captures those themes that structure this podcast, compassion, courage and consolation? Yeah, I, I, um, I get to see, um, well, I mean, one of the joys of my job is I get to see and touch and taste um, that those things at work all the time and so it's it's absolute privilege to be in my role to see it well there is a an example for me that uh, covers the ground really well um, and it, it comes out of a, a, a quite challenging set of circumstances and I guess that's when you'd want to see some of these values and attributes coming to the fore but um, we, we had a resident who um, uh, uh, had been referred to us um, by a hospital um, in conjunction with the family who were really uh, struggling to care for that that person at home. Um, it's just that their needs had sort of outstripped the family's ability to, to, to manage them anymore. Um, we, we accepted them in as we do graciously. Um, uh, what we didn't know at the time um, was how difficult the challenges were with the person, um, the hospital and all the family really let us have too much insight into that. Um, and so when, when this person came to reside with us, um, their only way to communicate or express themselves was to scream. Um, and literally there was no other way that they communicated. So um, we found ourselves quite quickly uh, in a situation where um, uh, we needed to really try and interpret that language, if you like, and adapt to that situation. Um, not easy to do in a facility of a couple of hundred other people um, who were 
quite quickly becoming um, uh, disturbed by that behaviour themselves. But you, you name it, we did it. I guess this is where some of the themes of compassion or courage kick in, where um, uh, it, it is what it is, and our job was to try and interpret that and work with that situation as best we could. So, and to probably provide comfort, I guess. Um, so uh, you, you name it, we um, we recorded uh, family gatherings as they used to occur, and we would play that back to the person through some earphones oh, so wow. that they could uh, be, be still part of their family as as they understood it then. Um, uh, whether we would place the resident close to activities that they would find reassuring. Um, at least, you know, they were in their bed, but at least they were close to things that they are familiar with. One-on-one um, -on -one care. Um, really, the, the, the intent was to try and um, uh, build a home around this person that would focus on and meet their unique needs. Um, now, while we were doing that, as I mentioned, this wider group of residents, the, the neighbour across the hall, um, were finding the behaviour quite difficult. Um, and it would uh, her expressions of, of screaming would happen at all hours of the day and night. So we needed to wrap compassion around that whole um, wider network of residents there. Um, and that actually ultimately led to uh, the Aged Care Quality Commission getting involved because, in fact, we, we need to ensure that we meet the needs of everyone, including the individual resident and others. Um, and our call was, at the time, <clears throat> with all of those people involved, was to say, we, we believe we're the best placed people to work with this situation. We didn't want to refer out to a hospital and send her on away. We didn't want to put our hands up and say it's all too hard. So we continue to work, um, whether that was uh, legally, whether that was with a uh, geriatric evaluation unit, uh, whether it was with the staff or the family or other families, um, uh, to create a place of peace ultimately um, that would really support that. And gee, that was a struggle, but I have to say, um, the sort of the notion of everyone involved that uh, they were leaning in and providing compassion to the individual, but the wider group of residents too, um, and the courage to do that really, really stood out to me. Um, we were at the point of um, literally creating a new room for this resident that would be soundproofed, um, such that could support other residents. Um, around that behaviour, but also that that person in a really beautiful part of our facility that would give access to um, to view and other things. Um, sadly, the resident passed away at that time, um, so we never got to finish the task. But um, we all, at the time, and the staff involved who were really really close to that situation, um, felt um, I think well, I made them sure they were aware of how proud we were. Yeah that they had um, demonstrated our values in action and um, uh, demonstrated compassion in a person's time of need, as well as to others at the same time, taking everyone's interest into account and, and the courage to do that. There were other options that we had, um, really, to send the resident on their way, and um, that really was not uh, an option for us at all. Um, it was to sort of stand in that, and uh, as tough as it was at times, um, to really put them first. So that stands out for me as a great example amongst dozens that I know of um, and hear of every day. Um, so some as challenging as that and others uh, where it's just been much more gentle, but it's still the same spirit of compassion and courage and consolation at work. 
What an extraordinary story. Thank you so much for sharing that, Lincoln. And it picks up on some themes that have come through strongly in a number of the discussions I've had on the podcast. Uh, One of them is this idea of what appears as impossible uh, when confronted with the right disposition, which of course comes out of our mission and our values, in in fact leads to something like a privileged moment, um, a sacred moment where we have the opportunity to be creative and uh, what what might from another frame of mind seem like just too much, let's um, put put this person elsewhere or let's shift the burden of responsibility elsewhere actually becomes an an animating force for the good that we can do and the care that we can offer but also this beautiful sense in that story of um it's the community that counts as well as the individual uh and we don't Mm -hmm. we don't relativize either of those we hold both of those together Uh, what a remarkable story It's in, it's in incredible opportunities you say to um, to to often uh, we often I think don't we uh, look past um, difficulties as opportunities for um, profound uh, mo- moments um, to to activate our mission and our values and and I think um, COVID nineteen is probably uh, in hindsight, eight weeks down the path, providing so many of these opportunities for us. Um, we talked earlier about the creativity and the opportunity for staff to step up to that that they wouldn't otherwise have had. Now, I'm not wishing COVID-19, not anyone, that's no. not my, mm. my, my point. It, it's more that, as you say, um, the disposition to look at that in a way um, uh, pr- provides us, uh, opportunity for us and um, lo- lovely to see that that's, um, that's happening all over the place, all of the time. Absolutely. And Lincoln, what about yourself? Your role holds an enormous amount of responsibility now. And it, I mean, it always has done. And we've, of course, had the the Royal Commission, which has had a real focus on aged care as well. In the context of your leadership, what consoles you and what gives you the courage uh, to keep on keeping on? The, the, um, the very people that do our work, um, I, I, I don't get touch that on a daily basis. I do that through others um, in my role. But um, those very people that we've just been describing doing this incredible work um, and making choices about um, stepping into mission and not away from it, um, I, I take great courage from them, to be honest. Um, that's uh, what inspires me but gives me um, confidence um, that uh, all will be okay because I have faith in them um, as I see the incredible way they go about their work. Um, but, but look, I, I also um, uh, have faith in God and, um, you know, Mary Aikenhead in, uh, says it beautifully, I think, that, um, you know, God will settle everything because this work is his and he'll bring all things right in the end. And I think that's... Um, for me, where I take my consolation, that I'm I'm a very small part of uh, a, a very big and uh, amazing story at St Vincent's, and um, that ultimately is in God's hands, and we just have the privilege of um, of doing our part in that. So, two parts: um, knowing that this is God's work, um, and He will bring things all right in the end, is one piece of consolation. The other is this incredible group of people that I get to. Uh, 
to work with every day that uh, makes that magic happen, if you like. And those two things for me um, allow me to do what I do. That's beautiful, Lincoln. And it, I mean, it's interesting how, as you, you say there, the St. Vincent story itself and Mary Aikenhead's inspiration of that story has itself um, been so consoling for, I think, our community during this time, remembering what the service has been through before, remembering why it was founded, and remembering its theology, really, that that ultimately we're playing a very small role in this story, as you say, is just beautiful. And I think um, you've given such a beautiful sentence there, which sometimes I have to go searching for the, the kind of profile line for each of these episodes, but I think you're stepping into mission and not away from it is that's going to be the headline for this one so thank (laughs) you for that Um, my pleasure Lincoln how do you approach your engagement with staff in the broader aged care community at this time Um, I think I recognize that um, our staff part of this incredible mission that we've spoken about um, uh, really activating that and doing wonderful work we've described over the last 10 or 15 minutes, but they're also individuals in the context of uh, a really difficult situation, likely at home, um, where maybe uh, another person in the household isn't working because of this situation, uh, where they're they're homeschooling their kids or whatever this pandemic's causing uh, for them. I'm mindful that um, we need to be demonstrating compassion to them just as much as, uh, say, our residents um, or or clients. So um, I I come at it from that perspective that um, I'm just so grateful that they um, are making the choices, having uh, the disposition, as we said earlier, to step into mission. I'm I'm so grateful that because in a different universe with all the things that are going on in their own life, privately um they might make other choices so i I come at it i'd like to think the same value of compassion that i would in um in any other way so um and gratefulness i would say so um uh we've been working really hard from an engagement perspective to really recognize that um um yeah people make that choice every day when they come to work um to step into this or away from it and we've seen really difficult situations um, where um, in aged care settings and COVID-19's present in those facilities, uh, staff are very hard to find. People won't come to work. Um, They're they're not turning up. That's not of ours, um, but we've seen that on the news. Um, And interestingly, we um, uh, quite quite a number of weeks ago, um, as the pandemic was sort of emerging, um, we, we put a pulse survey out to our people to try and understand what their mind would be if this thing ever arrived at mm-hmm. St Vincent's in one of our facilities. And um, um, more than 80% of staff said um, they would, wouldn't back away. Um, in fact, they'd lean f- more into the problem than away from it, um, that they'd be willing to work with COVID-19 uh, in, in a COVID-19 facility. Uh, more than 80% said they would um, come in if they're called in on their days off. Uh, more than 80% said they work extra hours with these COVID residents if they needed to. On the list when it was just profound. Um, so I'm just utterly grateful for them and uh, that choice they make. Um, but I'm mindful that um, 
they've got a lot of other things going on in their life and we need to be demonstrating compassion to them too um, at, at all times. So it's, it's, it's somehow, I hope, holding that balance. Um, and, um, I mean, if I step it close to my team in a leadership sense, uh, they're the people closest to me at this point, um, um, I've tried best I can to keep an eye on their well-being. Um, I, I sent one of the team off um, for a few days recently um, um, just to simply say you need to step back for a second and just uh, have a break because they've worked non-stop for eight weeks. Um, and I'd like to think that's just a little piece of compassion there, um, just keeping an eye out for them because they would keep coming otherwise, wouldn't they? Yeah. Um, and we needed to look out for them. So, Yeah, wow. Uh, just going back to that point about um, the survey, Lincoln, that, um, it, it, it throws me into awe really to, to hear that that's the immediate response of staff and it goes back to your point before stepping into mission and not away from it. I mean, that that's just so beautiful, isn't it? And, and what a self-sacrificial disposition to have about one's work that – at this time, I'm willing to do more, not less, um, and to, to put myself in situations of real vulnerability because of who I am and what I've, you know, given my professional life to. It's, it's just wonderful. It's just just incredible. And I know it's um, uh, we, we talk about it often, but it is the thing that separates St Vincent's from others. Mm. I, I really believe that. And um, uh, I'm just so, so grateful that... Uh, we have that spirit amongst us. It, it makes all the difference. And Lincoln, just a final question for you before you head on your way and get back to the busyness of the day. Um, speaking to all of our staff now and uh, others out in the community who might be listening to this as well, what would you like to say to all of our St Vincent staff at this time? Um, thank you. Uh, thank you for making the choice um, every day um, when you come to work. Um, to step into mission and not away from it um, in the good and the bad times. And uh, I recognise that is a, a choice people can make. And I'm so thankful uh, for their willingness to do that. Um, I'm, I'm also really um, uh, thankful for the way that they go about their work and that, um, that they, as we said earlier, um, seize the opportunities when they come um, to demonstrate their, their, their values in action, um, and particularly in a really creative way. We, we've seen so many constraints around um, arguably how we can do what we do now, but um, they've worked around those, and I'm, I'm, I'm just so, so grateful. Um, they could have continued to try to do the same things the same way, um, but they saw an opportunity to do things differently, and um, so I'm grateful they, one, uh, choose uh, make, make the choice to come to work every day and to, um, to seize the opportunities to, to do that work um, the best way they can within the circumstance that they find themselves. And I'm grateful too for um, the wider community for continuing to put their faith in St Vincent's Care Services. We care for um, uh, more than 2,000 people in residential care and hundreds of people in the community. And um, and uh, they trust us every day um, to be doing the things we're talking about, Dan. And I'm very grateful that they continue to put their trust and faith in us, particularly in a really difficult environment um, such as we're in at the moment with COVID-19. And um, I'm mindful of that faith and trust that they have, and I'm grateful for that. And um, 
I really would like to think that as we've expressed the work that we're doing today is uh, a way of repaying that faith and trust in us. Lincoln Hopper, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to chat today. My pleasure, Dan. Thank you. You've been listening to Compassion, Courage, Consolation. Voices for St Vincent's during COVID-19. This podcast series has been developed by St Vincent's Health Australia. For more information about St Vincent's, visit www.svha.org.au. The music for this podcast comes from Kevin McLeod. His track, Bittersweet, let us in and you can hear his track, Touching Moments 1, now. Kevin's website is incompetech.filmmusic.io and the music is brought to you under the Creative Commons 4.0 license. All of this information and more is provided in the text accompanying this podcast. Thanks for listening.